Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I'm your host, Paul Oren, at NWI Oren on Twitter, and you can find Union Street Hoops on NWI.com, Apple Pods, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever your local podcasts are sold. I'm joined now by Carl Berner, again, fourth episode. And if this keeps going, Carl, you're going to have to be a permanent fixture on Union Street Hoops. Well, it will be a Pleasant Valley Sunday for Valpo fans. <laughs> it is 9.30 on Saturday night. You won't be getting this until Sunday because, you know, page clicks and algorithms and all that. We want to make sure we're going to balance out the recording of all of these things and, and make sure that we, uh, we get this content to you. Valpo is going to the Valley Championship game. They're going to play Bradley, and right now that doesn't even matter. They got there. Four games in four days. What happened on Saturday at the Enterprise Center? Well, I'll tell you what. Again, it just came down to that one team, one boat mentality. I mean, everybody was just there. And we talked uh, in the uh, uh, the uh, semifinals episode, uh, which we actually recorded this morning. It yeah. seems like forever ago We recorded now. 12 hours ago at this very <laughs> hotel room at the Red Lion Hotel, uh, half a block away from the Enterprise Center, where Valpo... Knocked off Loyola last night, knocked off uh, Missouri State, they knocked off Evansville, and now they got a chance to knock off Bradley and go to the NCAA tournament. Everyone came together in that Loyola game when the star wasn't there. Well, the star was there tonight, and so was everybody else. We talked about flipping the switch, and did he have that uh, switch to flip? And uh, in his comments in the postgame, he uh, did actually mention that it was just go time. It was basically just time for him to give it his all, give it a go. Uh, and we saw the Javon Freeman Liberty that we're used to seeing tonight. And <laughs> with another cast of characters, uh, including all of the starting five, um, doing their thing out there, uh, everybody contributing off the bench, uh, some very nice coaching moves, I yeah, think, we'll by get to the, uh, Coach we'll get to Lodic. Those. We'll get to everything. But, again, it, sh- it was an uh, one-team, one one-boat mentality. But the superstar power was there tonight for Javon Freeman-Liberty. Javon Freeman-Liberty was paddling the boat. There's no question about that. I will tell you later on in the podcast, you're going to hear exclusive post-game comments from Donovan Clay, from Ben Cricky, two freshmen who played huge roles in this game. Clay slicing through the lane routinely, and some of his defense was great. Ben Cricky hitting some big free throws down the stretch. You're also going to hear from senior Ryan Fazekas, who had maybe one of the more forgettable games that he's had in a while, but he answered the call late, hit a big three-pointer down the stretch, and he gutted it out in this game. I've got comments that I talk with all of them outside the locker room right after the game. I'll share those later on. But as you alluded to what Javon said after the game, I asked him, what was the difference from the Loyola game to this game? How were you able to pull this out? And he said, that game, referring to Loyola, is actually out of my head. I knew I had to come in today and compete, so that's what I did. I had the mindset to go out there and give it my all. And then I followed up in a moment, and I talked to Matt Loddick, and I said, I said, Matt, what did you see from him in the morning getting ready from the game? What did you see from him during the game? And I thought Matt gave a really good answer. I'm just going to read what he said. He said, look, I've known Javon a long time. I've seen him play well. I've seen him play great. The one thing I know about Javon is he loves basketball, absolutely loves to play, loves to practice, loves to get better. 
So there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad. With good character, you can take and learn from the bad and try to put it past you. And I thought Javon did a great job of that. He was aggressive, but at the same time smart. I didn't think he pressed tonight. I thought he moved fantastically. You know, he was huge in the defensive end. And this was my favorite part of his comment. So Javon is who he was. Tonight, he was the all-league guard. He was the first-team all-league guard, and we needed every bit of it. I thought Matt summed it up pretty good there. I thought at the beginning of the game that Javon was pressing again. He missed his first three free throws. He missed some shots early, and I just thought this isn't going to happen. And we talked about this in the, the Loyola episode, mm-hmm. the Rolling to the Semis episode, that there just were moments where you felt like it wasn't going to happen. And when I saw Javon struggle in the early going, I thought they're not going to – they can't do this again. There's no way without Javon playing at his best or even 85% are they going to get it going. And then that kid erupted in one of the truly magical star performances that I think we've seen in a long time in a Valpo basketball uniform. And he did it all over the floor, too. He had nine rebounds. He had five assists. Uh, the, the one part, if, if, if there's one stat that you can take away from this where, you know, there, there's uh, certainly room for improvement or something that he might look at, it, he still hasn't found that stroke from three and he uh, since it. he's come back. He had it earlier this year in the non-conference, and that was when there was some NBA buzz about him. You know, some talk about guys saying he could play in the league right now. I talked to former UMKC coach and uh, current Valley TV color commentator Rich Zavosic after the game, and he said, boy, if Freeman Liberty can find that three-point shot, he will be unstoppable. Feels like they say the same thing about Giannis Antetokounmpo as well. For some guys, it's just the thing that you've got to find. He missed all four looks tonight. But they were good looks, I felt, at times. He was 10 of 18 from the floor. He came into this, I think, 6 of 25 in the Valley Tournament so far. He Mm -hmm. went 4 of 15 and then 2 of 10. It's just a real struggle for him. In one game, he's firmly put himself in all-tournament consideration, right? (laughs) Yeah, and that's and that was my question. I literally have that written down as something to ask in this podcast is when is the, the last time not only in uh, in Arch Madness or has it happened uh, in the Missouri Valley tournament, but any uh, college player in one game have they made their way onto the all tournament team with simply from one performance in one game? Well, especially when you counteract that against two pretty terrible performances, exactly. right? Against games where he was certainly not himself doing the things that he needed to do as far as assists and still playing really good defense and getting some steals and getting some rebounds. But yes, those first two games, even he would admit to that that is, that is not his normal game and uh, certainly nowhere near as good as he's capable of playing. Obviously, if we're looking at this going into the title game, Clay, Donovan Clay, John Kaiser, Javon Freeman Liberty, Daryl Brown are, are almost assuredly locks for this is if, you know, if Valpo were to win, they'll get three guys. If they lose, they'll get two guys. Or maybe one guy, we'll see. And obviously a lot depends on tomorrow in terms of the championship game, what happens. Let's let's go to Bradley for a minute because I don't want to talk about it for too long, but we should touch on that. Daryl Brown was phenomenal tonight. The senior guard from Memphis, 25 points. He drew six fouls. He was aggressive going to the basket. He got to the line 12 times, knocked down 10 free throws. 
He had four assists. He did a little bit of everything. We talk about in March, experience plays. And Daryl Brown's been here before. He's won this tournament last year, and now he's got a chance. He's 40 minutes away from going back to the NCAA tournament. And he is a guy who he he felt, we talked about this earlier, he felt disrespected that Bradley didn't get a bit more love in the all-conference things. And I don't know, there, there was... No one voted incorrectly. Like Daryl Brown was not one of the five best players in the conference during the regular season. He's been one of the five best players in this tournament. That is certainly true. And again, uh, you know, the best part about uh, someone uh, talking the talk is when they back it up by yeah. walking the walk. And and he's had a fantastic. Uh, a fantastic weekend here in St. Louis. And again, you look at, he played over 36 minutes, uh, certainly the most out of anybody out there on the floor. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how much more Daryl Brown could have left out there on the floor today. He was a one-man wrecking crew, but let's also give credit to the starting five uh, because they all scored in double figures. Everybody in that starting lineup contributed for Bradley, um, and they really did frustrate uh, Drake's rhythm, and they never allowed Drake to get back into the game. They built a little bit of a lead, and they never really rel relinquished it. Drake did go on a 10-0 run at one point to sort of get close again, but that was all that they had left, and they, they just didn't allow Drake to A, get into their rhythm, or B, uh, give them any life uh, in trying to come back and win that game. You know, it's interesting because I'm looking at the plus-minus splits, which I think sometimes we put a bit too much stock in, and, and sometimes they tell the story of the game. Dana Kingsby, a guard from Milwaukee, played 25 minutes. Nate Cannell played 29 minutes, both starters. So Cannell only played four more minutes than Kingsby. Cannell was plus 20. Kingsby was minus one. The only guy in the starting lineup, too. So he must have been on the floor during that run. I'll be the first to tell you, I didn't pay a terrible amount of attention to the early goings of this game as I was kind of prepping for the Valpo game. And, uh, and so Bradley pulls it out 76-66. to 66. They advance to the title game. They are coached by Brian Wardle, who Valpo has a lot of experience with. Brian Wardle, of course, the Green Bay coach back in the day when Valpo would, you know, knocked off Green Bay with the Brian Brokoff shot. Valpo has been a thorn in his side in the past, and obviously Valpo hoping they can be a thorn in the side again. Well, and if you play the way you play them at your place... 18 three-pointers. Uh, 18 three-pointers. I think that Valpo is going to be in a good position uh, to win that game. Certainly you can't you can't rely on that. But what I really like to see is, uh, is um, uh, the fact that uh, now you get this. Either way, no matter who Valpo played, there was going to be a story there. It was either going to be the all-region final yeah. with so many from uh, northwest Indiana and uh, northeast Illinois on the floor uh, battling for a conference uh, championship. But now you get that storied uh, Brian Wardle grudge match again. You know, it, it sort of feels like a little bit Horizon League-ish uh, because you're going back and you're, you're looking at the opponent and Brian Wardle's coaching. You know, one of the things I've looked at, I say this a lot being a Green Bay Packer fan, and I never really know how I feel about this. I say I just want the Packers to get to the Super Bowl. And then if they get there, it doesn't really matter. You got there. You mm -hmm. got what you need to be. And I think in a way that's kind of like you just want to get to the NCAA tournament, right? But for a program that's been as beleaguered as Valpo has been for the past couple of years, it does feel like a big accomplishment getting to the Valley title championship game. Everybody, One of the reasons, because you know, being from Milwaukee and being from Wisconsin, I feel often that my teams 
get overlooked on the national stage quite a bit. They make the cheesehead jokes and the beer jokes and the brat jokes, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And I love when Green Bay or when the Bucks or when the Brewers, when they make a run because everybody's got to pay attention now to those teams that often get overlooked. And tomorrow, for better or worse, regardless of what happens, Valpo is going to be on CBS on the national stage. The Rabbit Ears. The Rabbit Ears. Rabbit Ears Television, national broadcast. All eyes of the Valley are going to be on Valpo. This upstart team that has done something no one's ever done before in this conference. They have won three games in three days with the opportunity to play a fourth. No one that has played on Thursday night has ever gotten through Saturday, ever. One team had gotten to Saturday. No one had ever gotten through Saturday. Only 41 times in NCAA history has a team won four games on a conference tournament in order to advance to the NCAA tournament. And this dates, Carl, all the way back to 1939. Rarified error for Valpo. Absolutely, 100%. You, you, you can't, and, and I, I share your feeling about the, well, getting there is, is good enough. And, of course, as you say, you want to move on. You want to go to the big dance. Of course, Valpo wants to be there. They want that opportunity. The fans want it. Uh, and uh, it would be an exciting story for the league. However, simply by what they've accomplished over these uh, three days here and winning three games against three very good competitive teams... It really says a lot about their character, a lot about their heart, a lot about their unity. Um, and that was uh, touched on a little bit in the post-game press conference as well, just how close this team has become this year. Uh, and I talked about it in the last episode, just that moment where John Kaiser and Aaron Gordon shared that hug in the locker room uh, together after that final play. Just like, you know, two really good friends who may have won a two-on-two game on the playground. You know, a grudge match out there. Um, you know, a, a rivalry among friends, quite possibly. But the closeness of this team is what has gotten them there. Because, again, you, if, you, if you fight for each other, good things happen. And when everybody is willing to step up, this is what you get. You get a seven seed going to the final. You talked earlier about the motto. Somebody in the press conference asked about the trip to Canada and what that did for the team. And Kaiser said... Well, during that rafting trip, we actually had a motto, one team, one boat, to row. And I definitely think that this team has taken that motto and, wait for it, really sailed with it. Yeah, good job, John, there. And uh, Javon Javon went on and said, that's when we all came together on that trip because we were out there for so long. We didn't have much to do but to spend time together. So I feel like that trip is what started it all with us coming together, being with this group of guys, just loving them and the brotherhood that we have and the one team, one boat motto. These guys are uh, either well-programmed or they really are buying into this right now. I think it's the latter. It has to be I because agree. this is what they've accomplished, and uh, they're, going to be, <laughs> they're going to be exhausted. I mean, again, you look at the starting five and the amount of minutes they played again tonight. I don't know how they do it. Again, you say, yeah, well, they're 18 to 22. They can bounce back a little bit. But it has a little bit of an AAU feel. Uh, where you're you're playing four games in four days and you just you know you gotta rest you gotta drink some water 
eat a little bit of food, and then go out and play and just have fun. You say AAU, Javon Freeman Liberty said he was just talking to Daniel Sackey, and he said, man, this is taking me back to my AAU days. I mean, he said, we just have to rest up, drink a lot of water, eat some fruit, wake up in the morning, eat some good breakfast, come out and play. There it is. And then Kaiser, the comical guy, says, I haven't played AAU in four years. I don't really even know what my tricks were then. I just know that we (laughs) talked about being mental and not being tired or sore, not thinking about it, just keeping moving forward. We also asked earlier, uh, Kaiser, I I said, because if you notice in the game, you know, Javon obviously is coming off mono. Kaiser's got the ankle the size of a balloon right now. He's got, he's banged up. Fazekas is banged up. Cricky and Clay, which we're going to get to in a second, they both had gauze in their nose during the game. And I just said, John, how do you do that? And he said, everybody on this team loves playing basketball. All of us coming together, if one of us gets hurt, the others see that it doesn't affect him. And if they get hurt, it doesn't affect them. Just keep moving forward, survive, and advance. It's like he listens to Union Street Hoops. He does. <laughs> as a matter of fact, John Kaiser does listen to Union Street Hoops. He said it a couple episodes ago, the senior episode. I referenced back the walk-on episode that we had, and he said, oh, I listened to that. So, John Kaiser, thank you. Absolutely. You know, I think I think John Kaiser uh, thinks that I work for the Valley because I had my Valley hoodie on and I went into the locker room at the end of the game and he's putting his boot on. He's like, oh, OK, I'll be out of here for you in a minute. It's just like, no, it's a, no, you're good, John. You don't have to move for anybody until tomorrow. We haven't even really mentioned what John Kaiser did. But since it's the 17th minute of this podcast, let me make note that John Kaiser scored a career high 17 points tonight on just eight shots. He got to the line, he knocked down five free throws, two big three-pointers, two rebounds, and a steal in 29 minutes of play. John Kaiser is putting together a weekend for the ages. I just, I cannot get over it, how much heart this kid has and uh, how determined he has been uh, all four years to get where he is. What a story. And and now he's, he's, not, only, he's not only earned himself a starting job, he's clearly one of the uh, leaders in the locker room, and now he's a leader out there on the floor. And he's really, really shown that this weekend. Two other players that I want to make note of, and again, you're going to hear from both Donovan Clay and Ben Cricky a little bit later in the podcast. Donovan Clay, 10 points, 6 assists, and 7 rebounds. He had the highest plus-minus in the team of 17. He was excellent, both on the offense and the defensive side of the ball. And then Ben Cricky, 22 minutes, he had 11 points. Seven of them came from the free throw line, including some huge free throws after Missouri State cut it to three points late in the game. Valpo, a little bit of their own medicine with Loyola missing all those free throws. Last night, Valpo comes out and tanks a few themselves in the late stages. But Cricky had a plus-minus of 12, the second highest on the team. These two freshmen have grown up in front of our eyes in the last month, and they're doing it. They're in a growth spurt right now down the stretch of the season into this conference tournament. Absolutely, and you talked about both of them having the gauze in their nose, but it didn't slow them down. Uh, They didn't crawl into a freshman shell. They continued to play hard. And what you really like to see uh, is down the stretch when – um, when Missouri State was trying to make their way back in, and it looked, and Valpo was leaving the door open, missing some free throws, and Missouri State hitting some insane three-pointers uh, to keep themselves close. They couldn't miss there uh, for a little while down the stretch to make the game interesting. What you like to see is the freshman playing poised, and every time the ball got inbounded to Ben Cricky and he got fouled, I felt good as a Valpo fan because him going to the line, he was money tonight. Cricky was excellent, and he just... 
I, I don't even really know another word to say it. He just was excellent on the floor. And now I think it's time that we've got to talk about defense for a second. You know Matt Lodick has gotten a lot of grief throughout the year, a lot of grief from a lot of people. And sometimes I think there's some justification to some of that grief. I think there, there are some struggles that the team has gone through. But this guy is putting on a coaching clinic in this tournament right now. The defensive shifting that he did against Loyola when they were going half zone, half man for some possessions, moving, changing defenses mid-possession, had Loyola off off their heels, right? And tonight to go with some of that 1-2-2 two, two diamond pressure a little bit that they were doing, different things that they were doing, they were pressing with the lead. And that was something that he was that, that Matt was asked about. Um, I want to go back and I want to try to find this uh, this this comment that was made here uh, he said we just thought we want to be aggressive when you have a lead seven eight minutes you don't want to get tentative so I thought we'd press I thought we got a good rhythm with it I thought they figured it out too and got some quick easy baskets that's something we'll look at but I like our athleticism I like how we can kind of dictate the game and it gives other teams something to look at I, I thought for a lot of the game tonight Matt Loddick was playing chess while Dana Ford is playing checkers I honestly, it was a very well coached game. Uh, this is one of one of those uh, games where you really look at at at, uh, at the chess match, at what they're going to do because you're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Uh, both teams have played, uh, you know, well, a couple of games for Missouri State Valparaiso, of course, with their third game in three days. But there were uh, the defensive schemes that uh, were being thrown out there uh, by Valpo tonight. Uh, Absolutely, they clearly worked. Uh, I mean, I honestly, I could not believe uh, the uh, the job that uh, they did down low. Now you can say, yeah, well, Gage Prim scored 12 points. He was six of 10 from the floor. But they frustrated. They him so really much. did frustrate Gage Prim in the in the paint. Uh, but then again, that's why uh, the three point shooters uh, needed to do their thing, and they were for a while. They 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 actually were. But I. What I really do like to see is how good Valpo's getting at that old school in the paint trapping sort of defense that we saw for so many years under oh. Bryce Drew, and now they're they're masterful at it. Broke off and Van Vyke made a living off that. Then you throw in Alec Peters, Jabrilata Koya, Vashiel Fernandez doing that. It's what it was the hallmark of Valpo teams for such a long time. And now you're seeing Freeman Liberty, and you're seeing Clay, and you're seeing McMillan, and you're seeing Fazekas being able to do this. And man, they really, really locked down. And they forced Missouri State into some turnovers. Not a ton, just 10, but they did enough to disrupt. And I just really thought that defensively, Loddick called a great game. And look, Keandre Cook got his. The guy, for whatever reason, and I don't understand it because we don't follow Missouri State a lot, but they're bringing him off the bench. Now, he played 35 minutes. A monster game. 26 points. He normally has been a starter for him. Ross Owens, which is a kind of their version of John Kaiser, former walk-on who kind of worked his way into the rotation. They put him into the starting lineup in February, and he's kind of turned their season around a little bit. Um, no reason for this team to finish 16-17. and 17. The talent they had really good but then they would bring this other unit off the bench with Lamont West who is a West Virginia transfer Isaiah Mosley who I think is going to be a great player in the valley down the road Tulia De Silva and Gage Prim just could not get into a rhythm at times Valpo frustrated them I said on the broadcast with Todd I thought Missouri State player for player you know position by position I thought maybe they had the most talent but that Valpo would play to be the best team 
Missouri State was a team that if you could get on them early, and Valpo did, and then credit Missouri State because they came roaring back, but then Valpo with a 10-0 run in 60 seconds of play, Valpo, they answered the call tonight. I would have never believed at any point that Valpo would have a chance, A, to get 20 wins, and B, that that 20th win could be in the NCAA tournament. I mean, at one point I was thinking, well, maybe they can clinch a 500 record. Well, now they're looking at 20 wins, and they're looking at a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. I'm, I'm flabbergasted by this. It's, it's been quite a run, and I don't think anybody really realistically expected Valpo to be in this position. Not, uh, not in, at all. In the title game. Certainly none of the, uh, none of the chalkers would say that. But even, uh, even a lot of realistic diehard Valpo fans probably wouldn't have you know, put a lot of money on it that Valpo was going to be in this position playing for the title game. And, and that is why this alone is... Uh, is, a, is now a successful season. I would say it is now a very successful season, certainly the best of uh, Matt Laddick's short career. Oh, certainly, yeah. And, you know, those yeah, Alec Peters teams got to the title game in the sophomore year and won. Junior year was the upset loss to Green Bay. That was Link Darner. That wasn't Brian Wardle. That was Link Darner's first year at Green Bay, kind of the – the freakish loss in Detroit where they forced overtime with an amazing play that, that if Valpo ended up winning that game, I think that play would you know, the Adequoia to Peters pass mm-hmm. Yeah, the court length. You know, and, but then Valpo went on that NIT run, and that was great, and that was special. And I've often wondered, would you take going to New York in the NIT versus you know, maybe a fir- first-round loss in the NCAA tournament because it's been 22 years since Valpo's won a game in the NCAA tournament. And, I, you know, that's... As I sit here now, and I think Valpo's on the cusp of perhaps they're 40 minutes away. It's just God. You want what this could do for the program? What could this could do for the school? The school itself, which mm-hmm. obviously you know we, we we both are very very connected to to the university as alma maters, and we spend time there a lot. Uh, the boost that you can get, Bradley saw it last year. Loyola certainly saw it in their run. Everybody sees it when you go to the tournament. What that could mean. It's 40 minutes away. I think it'll be a real hard 40 minutes, but nothing this team has done this weekend has shown you that they can't win this game. I Yeah, I would agree with that. It's going to be a slog. It's going to be... Uh... Gosh, I, I just, I'm looking at the minutes again of the starters and just sort of, how how do they keep doing this? I, do, I don't understand where it's coming from. But again, maybe dissecting that isn't the point. Maybe the point is is that they, uh, with every win... Um, they're gaining confidence. They're, they're gaining, exactly. They're gaining the confidence. They're, they're, uh, they're gaining the cohesion. Uh, and are they peaking at the right time? Of course they are, because they well, have not... of course not, they are. Well, of course they are. They, they have not played like this <laughs> all season long. And again, we talked a little bit about how Valpo built a lead and, oh, are they going to let it slip away? But let's face it, they're really not used to being Having a lead, position. yeah. They're yeah. not used to being up that many points. Um, but it's going to be a battle. And and the other thing that you have to, you have to sort of tip your cap already to Bradley uh, getting back there for the second consecutive year. They've been here, so it's not going to be easy. It's not no, going to be an easy game. They're an experienced team, and they've got Daryl Brown, who is such a good floor general. He's a senior 
and they've got Elijah Childs, who is a load inside, and they've got Barr and Cannell, a sharpshooter from the perimeter, and Valpo was able to beat Bradley at the arc because they knocked down Because they shot the lights right out of the Raptors. They literally did. So, well, with that, Carl, we've talked a lot today, so we're going to wrap here, but I want to bring in my exclusive interviews with a couple of the players here. We've got uh, Ben Cricky, Donovan Clay, and then Ryan Fazekas, three guys I, I caught up with afterward. Some of the thoughts that they had, obviously, Cricky and Clay playing on the biggest stage of their career so far. And then Ryan Fazekas, uh, I'm going to end with him as he talks about what it could mean to get Falpo back to the NCAA tournament. Clay, Cricky, and Fazekas coming up. Carl, thank you. We'll be back at this on Sunday. We'll have a post-game Union Street Hoops edition. We don't know what kind of, if it's going to be arch sadness or arch just pure craziness. And, you know, if I have if I have my way, we'll be doing it right there from the Enterprise Center. Why Absolutely. don't we just do the podcast right in the arena? We'll set it up right there. Well, actually, here's the thing. They might kick us out they of the might. arena. The St. Louis Blues have got to play on Monday, so I think That's they're going to be I think they're going to be <laughs> ushering us out pretty quickly. Uh, can we get some ice time? I mean, you know, friends friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark. Um <laughs> That's a good Happy Gilmore reference of being in an ice rink at night. I hope you guys uh, appreciate that. So, Carl, thank you very much. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thank you all for listening to Union Street Hoops. Here are some exclusive Inside the Locker Room clips with Ben Cricky, Donovan Clay, and Ryan Fazekas. Everyone was missing free throws. You missed one, but you had an opportunity late, and you had to hit some shots. Just talk about the, being on the floor for the final minutes of this game. Right. Um, like... like uh all the coaches always do is just a lot of free throws after practice and everything. Just keep on, on practicing and grinding with that because last year they had some trouble with free throws too. So I've taken that upon myself, just just getting extra reps all the time and stuff. So I can knock them down in a time like that. And then just in terms of the last few minutes in this game, it's just take a deep breath, just be in the moment, and I don't know, just finish it for the team. The physicality of this team with Prim and last night with Crutwig, you guys have played three games in three days now. What do you have to do to get ready for tomorrow? Uh, it's a lot of stretching, and uh, I don't know. I think the adrenaline will pick up, and it's just a brand new day, so we'll, we'll tackle it that Third game in three days, you got another one. Does this take you to AAU at all? It takes me back, but in AAU I have good legs. It's way harder than D1 basketball. You don't have good legs now? I mean, I'm getting through it. I mean, it's been a lot of basketball and I've been playing on that. So. 42 minutes last night, 30-some-plus minutes today. What do you have to do over the next, I don't know, what is it, what, 10 hours, 12 hours, whatever it might just be? Just rest. I need to rest and just sleep. Uh, I'm going to get on the normal take, get my legs uh, back healthy, and drink a lot of fluids. Let's talk about the physicality of this game, what it meant to battle up against guys like Prim, De Silva, West when he was down there. Some big guys. I mean, if you don't got the heart, then you ain't going to be able to compete with those guys because they, they got the heart. You have been delivering down the stretch. People talk about the freshman wall. If there is one, you've burst right through it. What's this last couple of weeks been like for you? Um, I've just been in the gym, mainly with being, uh, being cricky. I mean, being in the gym every day, we try to put up as much shots as we can, do as much things as we can to help the team. Even in practice, we go as hard as we can, even if everybody else can. The freshmen were the stars of the first game. The seniors were the stars of the second game. And the sophomore today, Javon, you've seen him all year do this stuff. Last night was tough for him. What did you see from him from last night to today to get ready for this game? 
think he attacked lanes more. He seen more open lanes and he attacked it. And he got to the rim, he draw fouls, and he knocked down free throws tonight. The stat sheet didn't go the way you wanted it, but the game itself was awesome. Just yeah. talk about what it's like to come out of here with a win like that. Uh, I mean, it feels amazing. Um, a lot of guys stepped up. Um, I necessarily wasn't putting in the hole, um, but you know, Kaiser, Javon, Donovan, Ben, Lee—I mean, everyone really stepped up. Um, it just feels amazing. Javon, let's talk about him for a second. He had arguably the worst game of his Valpo career yesterday, mm-hmm. and he comes back and delivers tonight. What did you see from him today that was different from what you've seen? I mean, I think he, he made a big step in uh, in growing up. I mean. He had a bad night last night, and honestly, none of us cared. Like, and he didn't care. We won the game. We moved on to the next day, and it's just survive in advance right now. And he he was able to put that game behind him and have have a night. I know that a couple of the shots didn't go your way, but the corner three pointer that you knocked down was a, was a huge look. You have a shooter's mentality. What is a shooter's mentality? Uh, never second guess the next shot. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even think about it. I miss it. On to the next play. Like, you can't, you can't hang your head on missing shots. Just um, down the line, you know, hit, hitting some threes, it, it can really push the team forward. And uh, you just got to keep that mindset of next play. At the level of mid-major basketball, and I don't really know where Providence fits in with this, but I would imagine it's everybody's goal to get to the NCAA tournament. I know Duke and all that, they have a different kind of thing, but but here the goal is to get there. You're 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Talk about the opportunity you have here and just, I mean, can you can you feel it right now? Yeah, I, th- I think we have an amazing opportunity. Um, one, we, we can make a lot of history, and two, um, we're just 40 minutes away from playing in the NCAA tournament, so... Um, we got to lock in, um, rest, rest up tonight and come out ready to go tomorrow.